is where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hobby Show, where we turn your dreams into reality so that you can start living the life you want to live. I have today an amazing guest. Her name is Kelly Ferrado. She is a um, top 10 um, speaker for virtual speaking as well as in-person. And she has written seven different uh, bestseller books and I'm just so delighted to welcome her to our show. And um, I also wanna uh, go over a little bit of intention for you today, our show. Um, Kelly is, um, and you're gonna find out in a minute how, what an amazing person she is. And uh, she can teach us all, uh, all kinds of lessons. But my intention today is about uh, just kind of um, resilience, courage, persistence, and uh, always having that incredible positive attitude, no matter what happens. And just, you know, Kelly's one of those people, she's just not gonna let anything interfere with what she's got in her life planned. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Victoria. I'm so honored yeah. to be on the show. So we've been wanting to do this forever. And so our schedule, mm -hmm. life, all that stuff happened. So we've, we're finally here. So Kelly, um, I just want to uh, tell our audience a little bit about your background and um, the, we talked about the resilience and the persistence and the courage. Um, so you were burnt, you, you were a burn victim at a very, very young age, right? Right. So um, we lived on a farm and when I was two years old, my cousins were throwing singles on the fire and they were nine and 11. And so um, a spark came out, landed on my dress and I exploded and I ended up with burns to 75% of my body. So I spent every, four months in the hospital. Every two days I'd have to be in the operating room for more surgery. And then every two years, I'd have to go back to the hospital for a whole month of my summer holidays till I was 20 years old to have more surgeries. So, cause they needed me to grow. Cause then as I grew, then I'd have more skin for them to work with. So, I mean, first of all, my heart absolutely goes out for not only you, but to your cousins, your family, your parents. I mean, I, I can't even imagine uh, the heartache that the entire family had gone through. Um, and also, uh, you know, when I listen to you talk about that, and even when you're reliving that, you're still sitting here smiling and talking about, you know, about this as uh, something that, you know, sort of a, a part of your life but it's not something that actually, I mean, did it, did you ever come to a point? Did you ever like think about, oh my God, this is way too hard. I'm just going to give up. Oh, many times, many times. You know, I remember when I was 16 and I would pray to God and I would say, dear God, please don't make me wake up in the morning. You know, but if I have to, can mm -hmm. I at least be scarless so I can be pretty like all the other girls. And sure enough, I woke up and looked in the mirror. And of course I saw the ugly scars and I was like, oh, you know, my, the doctor can't take my scars away. God can't take my scars away. Like, why am I alive? Right. And why do I have to live through this? Like, why can't I be pretty like all the other girls? 
right? Like, why do I have to live through this? And I remember being 18 and going through a period where I was like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, what, what is this? Like, two years old, 1968, burnt to most of my body. Like, how could I have survived that? And, right, right. and I knew that um, there was a couple of times when I had died almost, well, one time I know I died on the operating room table. And then just, um, oh, two years ago, I got to meet my doctor. He's a Japanese guy that 90 years old. And he told me about another time when I was, I think about eight or nine years old, where I almost died in the operating room table again, where they had to slice open my neck to put the two back in so I could breathe. But I was almost dead. And so he said, yes, you're, you know, quite the trooper that had lived through all this. And, and you're right. I'm, I'm always wondering why, why did I go yeah, through this? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, was there at any point that, I mean, was it a very slow uh, awakening of, you know, I'm here for a purpose. I'm not going to let this bother me. Or was it like a, a moment you snapped and said, you know, I'm just not going to take it anymore. What, what, what was that? I think it's it's been an ongoing thing. And I think mm -hmm. as I get older, it's different phases of my life, mm -hmm. right? So as an 18 year old, I went to get hypnotized to find out why I lived. And at that point it was about, you know, my grandpa and me and my sister, like that's why I was alive. There was a purpose. Um, but then as I got older and especially when I was uh, 43, that's when I decided to be a speaker. And then it was like, oh, I get it. This is my gift. This is my tragedy. But I'm supposed to teach people how to take their tragedy and turn it into a gift. Right, right. And I even lost a baby. Um, my, I lost a baby um, 19 years ago. I lost a baby. I had a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited about having my daughter because I thought, I wonder what she's going to look like. Am I going to know what I look like without scars? Because I thought my wow. daughter might look yeah. like me, right? And then two years later, I got pregnant a second time. And my husband didn't want a baby at that time, a second baby. And I remember saying to my, my, my tummy, it's okay if you don't make it because he doesn't want you. Wow. And sure wow. enough, two mm -hmm. months later, I delivered a stillborn baby. And that was just heart-wrenching for me because I said, why, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. And then I yeah. saw the gift in it. Yeah. Why me? And then I saw the gift in it and the gift in it was that two years later, I got pregnant with twin boys wow. and we never would have had the twin boys if she would have been alive because we would have just stopped at the two girls. Right. And so, you know, I, I look at my life and I say, oh, tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. But then it's like, OK, what can I do with that to make it better? Right. Like, you know, um, I'm hearing a lot of pain, but also um, gratitude uh, from you, you know, when you talk about all of these, um, you know, things and, and what a lesson for all of us in 2020, you know, so many of us um, know people or are hurting ourselves. Um, yeah. If nothing else, it's the time, I, I don't know anyone, um, me personally, that didn't have a shift in their way of thinking because you know life has changed for all of us um and a lot of the change is going to stay with us forever unfortunately and um in that time when we see people who are hurting i mean we know i mean i personally know a lot of people who actually are not even here anymore um so you know the lessons that 
you're teaching us now, which is, you know, no matter what happens, you know, there is a purpose. Um, there is a almost like a silver lining only if you choose to look for it. Absolutely. And, you know, even a couple of days ago, uh, a burn survivor contacted me and she was like really upset. She's like, I hate when people ask about my scars and I hate mm -hmm. when people say, I don't see your scars anymore. And, oh my God, look at this. I've got, you know, I've got scars everywhere and I hate them. And people called me Freddy Krueger. And um, I said, okay, that's interesting. Like, I get it. Yeah. You have a reason to feel angry and upset about it, but are you going to live in the past or are you going to live in the present right. or the future? And the future. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, you know, I had another girlfriend of mine got upset because she had a, a chest scar right here and she had to have heart surgery. And I, she was so upset about her scar. And she's telling me that she makes sure her clothes always cover up her scars so nobody can see the scar. And I said, and she's going on and on. And she, all of a sudden she stops and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the wrong person. Right. I said, you know right. what? Do you want me to take that scar for you? I said, I'm covered in scars. I said, but here's the thing. You should be happy that that doctor knew how to open up your chest and fix your heart so you can yeah. live the rest of your life. Like that scar is a badge of honor. Like, yeah, you should yeah. Be grateful that that doctor was able to save your life. And then so, she's like, oh my God, I get it. Yeah, so now you, I know that you are an advocate for you know a lot of people who are going through uh, some of the, you know, obstacles, I mean, we're talking serious obstacles and they had, you know, people who are car, you know, car accident victims, um, you know, I'm, and I, I do a lot of volunteer work, so I actually am surrounded with tragedies and, you know, things that are just very serious in life and they have every right to be upset and disappointed, discouraged, and um, a, a little degree of hopelessness. And you're out there, uh, you're speaking about your experience, you're speaking about um, and, you know, becoming that uh, symbol of inspiration for people who, you know, it, it, that doesn't mean you gotta be a famous celebrity. I mean, you're sitting here as, as an everyday American woman or Canadian woman in, in that case, um, just really surviving, persisting and making the best out of life. And you are basically living, even though you're Canadian, you're, you're kind of living the American dream, um, you know, from what I see from here. Uh, and I love that. And you've turned that into a gift so that other people, now you, you now help other people uh, bring their stories out to life. Uh, you help people, um, you know, do books and um, heal and, um, and also turn around because every survivor who has that attitude, the positive attitude that you have and, um, you know, open a successful business or, you know, function and live their life that they, that they deserve to live and that they want to live, that's an inspiration. And so you're multiplying that inspiration all around us, right? So, um, so you are now helping, um, you know, authors uh, bring their stories out. What, it, what is that like? I mean, is that really very, very rewarding for you? Um, you know, I know that you, put, you know, I, the few times I've spoken to you about, you know, my, my book launch, um, you're very passionate about, you know, doing the best you can for that author and, and making it as easy as possible because that process could be really overwhelming. And I, I've got to assume that 
what we consider overwhelming. You know, that's kind of like a, a day in the park for you because you do this all the time. And based on the history that you've gone through, um, you know, it has to be something that's pretty rewarding and enjoyable. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, I still remember 11 years ago when my speaking coach said to me, you need to now be an author. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't be an author. I don't know how to write a book. Like I'm thinking, you know, like I'm thinking JK Rowling and Stephen King. And I'm like, I don't know how to write a book. I'm just not that person. And she's like, no, you need to write a book. Like for, for two reasons. One is because when people ask you to speak for free, you have a product to sell. But second of all, when people hear your story, they want to take a little piece of you home with them. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, and I don't know how, you know, I didn't know how I was going to do it. But anyways, I did start with my first book, which is No Risk, No Rewards. And so I wrote that book 11 years ago and I just got it started. And so mm -hmm. my passion has been keynote speaking and just sharing my message of hope and love and, you know, overcoming the odds and di diversity and, and all those kind of things. But then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, now what? And I laid on the couch for a week because I was like devastated. I lost all my speaking gigs and I didn't know where to go. But then I thought, well, what else can I do? Yeah. And people were asking me to teach them how to write their books and how to become best-selling authors. And, and so I went full-time into that. And I'm proud to say that as a single mom entrepreneur, this has been the best year ever for me. And so I'm loving it because I'm really helping people to understand that your stories are your gift. Right. right. You have a choice. You can wallow in pity. And, you know, I mean, you and I've had this conversation before, yeah. Victoria, where we're not allowed to feel sorry for ourselves. No, there, <laughs> we don't know, have time. <laughs> you don't have time, nor is it going to serve you in any way. It doesn't way. help. Yeah, it doesn't help it doesn't anybody. Help. Yeah, it doesn't it's help like, anybody. Mm -hmm. I can stay on, lay on the couch and feel sorry for myself, you know, and, or I can get off the couch and get on Facebook and just start saying, look, I'm going to teach you how to write a book. It's going to cost you this much money and you're going to be a best-selling author and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so that's what I did. And 2020 has been an incredible year for me. It was, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I am going to actually do the work. And you know what it's like, Victoria. Yeah, you yeah, do yeah, work. absolutely. I mean, I think also, um, I think what I want to convey to our audience too is the important, and that's what I really admire about you, um, is the importance of um, getting out there, doing something. It doesn't have to be a massive project, but it could be that one simple step because that'll lead to another step. And, and then the next one, because it, you know, even a thousand mile journey starts with the very first step. And a lot of times I think we, when you're stuck in that mindset of, well, it's not the right time, or maybe when I you know, uh, have a lot of money, I'll write the book. Or you know, uh, the common thing I hear from authors is like, I don't know how to, you know, I mean, I have this That's incredible fair. story. You know, I, I went down there, um, I went to, uh, met up with some girlfriends a couple of days ago and they all have amazing, amazing stories in, their, in them. And what they do for a living is just absolutely crazy amazing. And I tell them, you know what, Dina, you need to write a book about this because what you do is so important. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a writer. I don't know how to start. I don't have time. And, you know, all these are excuses, right? Because- okay you know, we make time for our priorities. I mean, if somebody said, you know what, there is a, a $10,000 check you can pick up. Yeah, she'll make time. 
for sure. You know what I mean? So we, we have the ability to prioritize. And I think that when you are, you know, you just have this knack for, okay, you know what? <clears throat> I can't do these 10 things, but I can do these two things and I'm going to get it done today. And, you know, you, lo and behold, the next thing, you know, it's like, it's sort of like your effort begets more rewards every time it, it multiplies. And, and I think that's a really important lesson too, is that uh, I'm a huge believer in the one small thing you could do um, because it's all those little things. <clears throat> Somebody, um, I saw a quote the other day and he says something like, um, each of us is a, is a, like a drop of water, but all of us together is an ocean. And I think that if all of us did that one little thing, so I love the fact that you have turned your um, gift of, you know, the, the survival, the persistence and, and the willingness to never, ever give up the refusal to give up and define anything around outside of you to define who you are or determine how you live. And I think that that's a really important lesson for, um, I, I don't know about you, maybe I'll just ask you this. Um, I think women are kind of DNA coded to, um, maybe that's not peace, politically correct because we're all supposed to be equal, but I, am, I believe that women are more DNA coded to make everybody else around us happy. We're more likely to be impacted by what other people think of us you know, uh, visually, internally, you know, uh, how, you know, are we good mothers? Are we great cooks? You know, all these things that we kind of burden ourselves with. And um, I think that, you know, by being, being this strong woman um, internally, because we, we both have very similar um, backgrounds in, in a sense that we've had to overcome some, some amazing obstacles that mm -hmm. we didn't have the option to be less strong. I mean, I, I think for me, um, I became very strong in, internally just because I didn't have an option to, you know, I, I had no other choices. Totally, totally agree with that. I mean, I've had people that say to me, you know, I can't believe that you go out in public looking like you do. <gasps> and I say, what choice do I have? Right. What choice do I have? My, my mom was told, like my doctor told my mom when they let me out of the hospital as a two-year-old, if you don't treat her normal, and if you don't put her in school, I will take her away from you and I will put her with a family who will. Now, for those of you who are listening to me right now, me and Kelly right now, and you don't see her and you're only hearing her voice, go to Kelly's website and you're going to find out what a beautiful person she is. I mean, Aww. you don't see the scars. I mean, I see this amazingly beautiful, uh, inspirational, strong woman that has persevered at all. And um, now let's just pivot a little bit. I'm gonna talk about motherhood a little bit because I know that um, I think every single time we speak, whether it's by ch chats on, you know, on our phones or whatever, you talk about your children, you talk about your family. And that's, um, and I love that because a lot of times in business, we think that it's taboo to talk about our families or our, our children, but they are, you know, an ama I mean, for, uh, for me, I've got kids, uh, they're an amazing part of our lives and they kind of uh, fuel everything that we do. Uh, they're, for me, my children are my purpose for, you know, everything that I do today, because I want to set a great example. I want to impact their future in a positive way. I want to nurture them. 
um, make the, you know, let them make mistakes, but you know, I, I want to be there when they do that because they're going to need that help for you. Um, yeah. And I know that motherhood is very important to you as well. And um, I'm wondering if you can give any tips up and I'm not a single mother and I know that single mothers have it exponentially harder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though I feel like my husband doesn't do a whole lot. I, I still think they do do something uh, emotionally. They're there. Um, what is it like to balance um, time for your priorities, the competing priorities, your clients and, and your, your children. Yeah. Um, and how do you have, you know, how do you have, have you mastered that um, the art of balancing that time? And oh my gosh, you know, there are so many times when I feel like I'm the bad mom syndrome, right? Um, you know, when I left my kid, well, yeah, I left my kids. Um, <laughs> 11 years ago is when I decided that I, I didn't want to be with my husband anymore and I was in a toxic marriage. And he said to me, I could only leave if I gave him the house and the kids. <gasps> exactly. The two most important things that every woman wants is, you know, a stable house and their kids. And I said, okay. Well, wait a minute, stop right there. That already tells you the kind of person that he is. Because, well, he was trying to scare me into staying. Yeah, but because the kids should never be the pawn for, you know, what exactly. they want. Exactly, and, yeah. and he thought that telling me that would make me stay. And I said, okay. So anyways, um, I lived with my aunt and uncle for two years. And every, every day, 5.30 in the morning, I would go to the house because he had the kids. I would go to the house at 5.30 in the morning every day and get the kids off to school. And I'd be there until he got home from work at eight or nine at, at night. And so I still saw my kids every day. Um, as a single mom entrepreneur, like every dollar counts. Yeah. And so I had to make money. Like I didn't have a choice. I had yeah. to, and I had a job at that time too. But then five months later, my boss gave me an ultimatum and she said to me, okay, you've got this, you know, life with us at work and you're screwing up and you're making mistakes and you're not doing very good. You had the worst performance review at all of all. And Jeez. then you've got this, <laughs> I, serious. And she said, and then you've got this beautiful life that you're doing on the side where you're speaking and you're inspiring people and you're writing books and becoming best on author. She goes, I need to ask you one question. Are you going to be excited to come to work on Monday or relieved if you don't have to? And I was like, oh, because I knew that yeah, I yeah. would be relieved. But I had just left my marriage four months earlier. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. how am I now going to be an, like, an entrepreneur and do this full time? And I was like, I don't, I, I don't know how to do this. But I just asked myself that question. Are you going to be excited to come to work yeah. on Monday or relieved if you don't have to? So anyways, I did it. But I realized that it was all dependent on me. And I felt like she was the mother bird that was pushing the baby bird out of the nest. Yeah. And you yeah. know how it is when a baby bird flies for the first time, they dip, but then they fly higher than yeah. ever, but they yeah. never, ever hit the ground. And I just thought, that's it. I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah. But I still remember, like, I, there was a year ago, I traveled, I had, 13 different speaking gigs in eight different cities in like a two month period. And I felt like I was being a horrible mom, horrible, because here I have my three kids and yet I wasn't home a lot for them. And so one day I'm driving Parker to school 
And um, he said, you know, mom, he said, so many of my friends complain about their moms. And I say, I'm sorry, I, I can't relate to you. I am so proud of my mom. I love my mom. Oh my God, it makes me cry. I know. And then- Oh my God, you know, that's crazy. Another story is, you know, with my other son, um, I said, you know, Cody, we need to raise $20,000 for the blankets for burn kits, right? We want to yeah. do these blankets. They say, you are loved, you're you needed, you're wanted. They're my blankets, my painting. And we need to raise $20,000 so we can give them to all the burn children at summer camp. And I said, how are we going to raise $20,000? And he's 14 at the time. And he's coming up with all these ideas. And we could do this, mom. We could do this. We could do this. And I, I looked at him. I said, oh, my gosh, I love the way you think. Yeah. Like most yeah. people say, well, we can't do that. We can't raise $20,000. And he's coming up with all these ideas. And he's, he looks at me and he goes, mom, you taught me. Yeah. And I was like, aw. I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm just so glad that we're having this conversation because I think that um, I had seen some research about, you know, um, when you're pregnant, I mean, we went through a time when women were like, you know, playing Mozart music for our babies, you know, when, the, when you, they were in the stomach yeah. and all this stuff was going on. There was all these research that came out and talked about, um, you know, they looked at all these kids that are really, really smart, like they're getting perfect scores on SAT and all that. They looked at like, what's the common thread between all these kids? Yep. And it wasn't like the parents that sent them to Montessori schools or elite schools. It wasn't that the parents were there the whole time telling them read, you know, like all this stuff. It was the parents who actually set the example. It was the parents who had all yeah. these books that, that read them and that, that, that lived them. And, you know, so by being these, um, and I have a book coming up and I actually discussed this in my book about your character and how important that character is, you know, that has to be not something you um, kind of put on when you go into a business meeting, it, it has to be a part of your DNA. But right. when you have this character and you, you, you know, when you're in business, there's always negotiations, conflict resolutions, there's, you know, stuff that happens, as you know. When those things happen, um, our kids, because we're so close to them, they watch us. They watch us how we, you know, how we inventively figure out a win-win situation, how we, you know, try to uh, make the best out of a horrible situation that's out of your control. And how do you handle the situation that was completely in your control, but, you know, you screwed up. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, the mo mothers who are entrepreneurs, we have a chance to, um, impact our children in, in a real positive way. And, and I also like, for me, uh, like we're having, you know, I booked this at 8.45 AM uh, for me, you know, because my kids will be coming home here pretty soon for lunch. Like, you know, this is um, COVID time. So they're spending a lot of time with us, but I love, you know, uh, what I love most about what we do is that we are able to balance um, you know, our priorities. So we can be both. We could have both the family, the family time um, and, and high quality time without compromising what we provide for our customers. Um, yes. And I also think that, you know, um, basically you could, you know, the lesson I want all of you who are listening right now to have is um, we both started our, our lives with pretty much nothing. I mean, you know, we've, I started yeah. with no money and no expertise, no connections. I mean, I had nothing, 
nothing to um, really say, hey, you know, I have this to hang on to. You have to kind of make everything happen for you. Exactly. And same with you. You've had all these, you know, uh, obstacles since you were such a young, young, I mean, I was too, but young kid, like two, three years old and going through yeah. literally physically med medical problems and all that. Um, but think about all the things, you know, this show is not about like becoming millionaires. It's really about redefining your American dream. And for a lot of women, that dream is to be able to be a great mom, uh, you know, have an amazing thing that you love to do every day. You know, like you said earlier, like your boss said, are you excited to get up and do something, you know, whether that's going to work for your boss or um, dealing with clients. Um, and I think we get to do that. The money thing is just kind of like a byproduct of having that much fun and producing top quality products and services for our, for our clients because we feel passionate about this. We're happy to come and you know, do that. It's not like, oh my God, I have to check in and you know, clock in so I can pick up a check. It's, it's not like that. You know, we get to choose our clients. We work with some amazing people. Um, and um, you know, I, I just think that that's, you know, the, the lesson I want um, all of you listening uh, is that you know, no matter where you are in your life right now, you know, start to think positively of just even the one little thing that could happen. You know, you still have tomorrow because as long as you're on earth right now, talking, I mean, I don't care what's happening. There is tomorrow. There's a purpose for you. There is a gift that's inside you. You just have to learn to use it. I, I totally agree with you. You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of times I beat myself up and say I'm not good enough or I'm not making enough money or, you know, and, and it, a lot of it is because you and I are very much the same where we set very high goals for ourselves and very high expectation. And, you know, then I have to look back and think, oh my God, look at what all of this stuff that I've done. Yeah. Like I don't just show up at a job and every two weeks get a paycheck. Right, I have right. to create the money. I have to, you know, decide what coaching program I'm going to offer. I need to decide, am I going to do this three-day event and charge people a hundred bucks in order to come and learn from me, right? Like I have to magically make that money appear. And so it's all based on me. I don't just get a check every two weeks from people, you know, from a right. job. Yeah. I have to create it. And so what I love about it is I've, I'm learning to be more proud of everything I've done. And this really hit home for me on Christmas day. So I think I told you about this, Victoria, but on Christmas day, I was named by our TV station, by Global TV, as one of the most inspirational people of 2020. And it was based on something that we did for burn prevention week. And what happened is I was sharing my story at a school about being called the Scarface girl. And someone had drawn a picture of me that had a circle on it, had scribbles all over it, and it said Scarface. And right after that, they shared a clip of a little girl, I think she was nine or 10 years old, saying, after hearing Kelly speak, I now know how to feel beautiful about myself. Right, right, that's amazing. And I love that. Well, Kelly, I thank you so much for coming on this show and, um, you know, uh, just keep doing what you do, which is inspire people. And, you know, when you won that most inspirational, uh, you know, person of the year in 2020, you more than deserve it. And, um, and it's well earned as well. And so, and I've just had an amazing time and um, thank you. 
And until yeah, next thank time. You. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what, Kelly, before you go, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to sure. uh, write a book? Yeah, and yeah. I I also have a free gift for all of your your listeners. Okay. So, okay. Um, if they want to learn the the blueprint on how to publish their book in seven easy steps, they can go to www.sevenstepsauthor.com. Okay. And then I'm also doing a three day live event calling the best selling author mastery live. And so that's where they can learn, you know, how to become a best-selling author from me and get their book started. And yeah, just go to www.bestsellingauthormasterylive.com. Okay. You know what, ladies? Um, and I say, there's some men listening too, but ladies, I know that every one of you have a special story. Every one of you, because I, you know, I meet people all the time. Every one of you, you're impacting uh, your companies, your environment, your world, your families. And if you have a story that needs to be told and you don't know where to get started, contact Kelly because, you know, she will spend that extra time. She will. She knows what it's like. She wasn't born as an author. Um, you know, she wasn't she never really wanted you know, grow up and going, I, I want to be an author or help authors. But she's figured out how to do it. So she's been in your place. She knows how to do it. She has the patience and the understanding of what you want to say and what the pen actually says. So I love that. And um, I've actually consulted with Kelly as well. And I've got a book, The Million Dollar Hobbies, which is what this podcast is all about. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Kelly. And until next thank time. You. Okay. Thank bye-bye. You. Bye. You've been listening to Million Dollar Hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.